Hello and welcome to CSM Toolbox. Every month I'll be featuring a guest to share with us their experiences and provide us with insights from their industry. I had the opportunity to talk to Christopher Holm Hansen, co-founder and CPO at Butter, currently based in Copenhagen. Chris has a background in design engineering and has been designing digital products with the user at the core in both agencies, startups and corporates across the Nordics. His goal is to build experiences that evoke emotions and joy when people interact with them. Butter is a platform built specifically for facilitating delightful, high-energy and effective collaborative workshops, but he'll be telling us more about it and his journey next. So, join me and let's open that toolbox. much, Chris, for joining us. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much for having me uh, on, Isabel. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Just to get things started, customer success managers, we are always trying to find engaging ways to connect with our customers, particularly now that we are not doing offsites, we are not traveling anywhere really. And I think we have, we are all experiencing that Zoom fatigue, to be honest. Please tell us about Butter. Yeah, absolutely. So Butter is a child born out of the pandemic, as you can say, right? We we're a small team. We've worked we worked together before the pandemic on on a different company, but shut that down right before the pandemic hit. And we're looking for for kind of the next thing to build. And when the pandemic hit and everyone suddenly had to work remotely, because we had been working remotely ourselves, we thought, oh, maybe we can do like a workshop where we can teach people about how to set up their organization to accommodate the new structures and, and communication and documentation that needs to happen when you work remotely. And we facilitated these workshops using Zoom and Miro and a lot of other tools and, and just realized there that the experience of running a collaborative session uh, workshop in Zoom using all these different tools just wasn't really conducive of the high energy and engagement that we wanted from a workshop. So we just started exploring that a bit more, talking to a lot of people, and then eventually ended up on Butter, which is a virtual platform for facilitating a complex collaboration, primarily focused on workshops. With all things, there's always a silver lining, I would say, discovering uh, great tools and resources, just something different. I heard you say in another podcast around just making it human, making it, 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 it like a workshop doesn't have to feel heavy. It There might be heavy topics, there might be uh, some discussions, uh, and as well, noticing the integrations that go I don't know, outside of Zoom, for example, I think you mentioned there uh, Miro and, and the other one escapes me now that I saw as well. Yeah, but I, I totally agree on the whole, the thing with, with like Zoom is a fantastic tool and without Zoom, the the entire pandemic would have been a completely different <laughs> thing, right? So it's been, it's been a tremendous help, but it's just, it's just not necessarily conducive for a collaborative session where you need people to be engaged. You need to have like high energy. You optimally like people to have fun because the more people are, are engaged and, and having fun, we we really believe that you'll get the best work out, out of people as well, right? So you get the best results. So yeah, we are trying to bring back some of the, the, the human side of things or and some of the bit more fun fun elements back into to a virtual session. So it doesn't necessarily have to be this like dark void that most other video conferencing tools seems to be adopting to. So yeah, so you're bringing in some more like emotions, bringing in some different elements that can help mm-hmm. heighten the mood, keep people engaged, allow for people to interact in different ways by not necessarily having to speak, but 
maybe using reactions or using sound and music and stuff like that to just make everything a bit more light and, and fun, but still like super effective for creating a collaborative work. I totally agree. I, I have been a, a startups myself and they will always have a place in my heart. And I will say definitely it is a, a fast paced, challenging startup environment. And I'm thinking from your perspective, what skills do you think are essential not only to survive, but to actually thrive as a co-founder and in your case as a CPO? Great question. This is my third startup. So I have two a history of two other startups that both failed. So I am also very much still learning what it takes. I think the most important thing is to be to understand the use case that you are building for, to understand the problems that the people you are building this product for, the problem that they have, and make sure that you can relate to it, that you are passionate about solving this problem. Like in the end, the more interested you are in this particular problem, the more you will immerse yourself into the into finding ways to solve it, the more you will engage with people to understand the problem better, the more you will just research your way to just expand your knowledge on, on that particular subject, right? So I I think just really being passionate, no matter how corny it sounds, being passionate or having fundamental interest in this particular subject or problem that you're solving, that's really important. Then as a founder, you need to startup life in general is, is like the extreme highs when things are going well you're like super excited and, and ecstatic and it just feels nothing else but on the other hand you also get the extreme lows and this can happen in the course of a day right you can get some great news in the morning where you're just like everything is amazing everything is fantastic and then right over lunch something happens there's a huge bug there's a, like a complaint or there's something like that that would just pull everything back down to ground floor right so just being able to manage like the like the, the big emotional impact that running or trying to build a company has is, is super important and, and also something that I, I, I will not uh, say or claim to have uh, mastered at this point in time, right? But it is something that you, like now this being my third time trying it out, I have experienced it before, so I still get carried away when things go well and I still get emotional when things don't go as, as we planned, but you need to be able to manage it a bit more and not get carried away with like great, uh, like good emotions or bad emotions because it can just throw you a bit off track and and steal your focus away. Yeah, and that's the final thing, I think. The ability to focus on one thing and not get distracted by shiny things in the horizon, <laughs> right? But being able to actually focus on those particular things you need to solve now and keep that focus is, is also a, a really important, a really important uh, skill, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in a way, you do need to have that passion as well because that will carry you through, as you said, through the lows. Like you, you still need that. You can also be cool and collected, like nothing will move you. But at the same time, when you hit those highs, it just brings the team together as well. I think it's just that balance. And as you said, just trying to find it really that balance in those moments. No, that's, that's great, Chris. And you mentioned something about being aware as well of building the product, but being aware of uh, customer needs. And in this case, as you mentioned in the beginning, that it is a uh, butter is a basically a child born out of the pandemic out of that need. So what have you learned from your customers feedback so far? Yeah, that's, that's a really good, good question. And, and I think so we've had from the beginning, we've had we've made an effort of speaking with people that could help us understand the use case because workshops in itself is 
if I ask you what a workshop is, you would have a definition based on how you normally do workshops or the workshops that you've been a part of. If you ask a coach, if you ask a teacher, if you ask a consultant, they would all have different understandings of what constitutes a workshop and what are the core elements of a workshop and what are the core challenges, right? Mm. So since we started our working on Butter, which happened like back in end of May, beginning of June of 2020, we've been speaking to a lot of people. And I think by now we've had more than 500, around 500 interviews with everything from like consultants to, to teachers and independent facilitators, just to understand how has the transition been for them going from facilitating workshops in a, in the physical world to being forced into doing this in a virtual world? What are some of the things that they, what are some of the challenges that they deal with? How do they go about uh, dealing with these challenges today? What are the types of tools that they're using? How are they going about bringing in energy? How are they going about just planning and all that, all those things that you did for physical workshops? How are they managing those in, in now a virtual setting? And then, so what have we learned? We've essentially learned what it means to facilitate workshops online and what are some of the main pain points that people seem to have? Because the thing is that people always find a way, right? So if you are a facilitator and you used to do workshops in, in the physical world, you will have to find a way. And the good thing about, about people is that when we're pressured, a bit we will find a way to solve our solve our own problems but we've understood like what are some of the biggest challenges that are now apparent for facilitators that need to do their work in a virtual setting and just relating to uh, customer success outcomes and the pain points as well but yeah please if you do have an example of that challenge absolutely so one challenge that we've heard a lot of people talk about and mention is, as I talked about also, the ability to keep people engaged in a session. And once you move from a conference room to a virtual setting, people get distracted. People check their emails. People have all the, the company messaging apps. They have everything else also going on right in front of them in the same space, right? So keeping people engaged and understanding whether people are engaged that's a huge challenge. So there's this like layer of nonverbal communication that facilitators used to have in physical settings. They were able to read the room and sense the energy. That part is taken away when you move to the screens, right? So that's a super interesting challenge that, that we're working on seeing different ways of finding solutions for that and keeping people close in that process so that we can test out, okay, we've thought about going about it this way to give you more of an indication of such and such. Like, well, well, how would that work? Or what would you think about this, right? But understanding just how important like energy and connection with people is in virtual settings, that has been like a big reveal in many of the interviews that we had. And something that I was thinking there about reading the room, we are all trying to balance things. So we need to be mindful of that as well but at the same time just trying to find that um, solution that pain point in in this case uh, for sure so absolutely absolutely And as well, just in terms of um, and your journey, this will be um, your third startup. So something that I do want to highlight here as part of the podcast, it is uh, finding out those communities, the skills and the disciplines that shapes us as professionals and as individuals as well. So are there any communities that have helped you in your journey so far that you can mention? We try to engage with Independent facilitators often seem to form smaller communities that where they share knowledge. 
And we try to find these communities and try to kind of like get a conversation going with them. And of course, these are super helpful because they will often encompass a number of different, of course, different types of, of facilitators that do different types of workshops. And also in, in that way, will then really reveal different use cases, but they will still be knowledge sharing within the group. So they will understand and have a better understanding of how are other people going about the same challenges that I face. Naming particular communities, we've engaged a bit with Mirror and their community we believe that their community is super strong and the, the thing that they've built with the Miroverse is, is really really awesome right so we're also trying to get a bit inspired by that but yeah th that's probably the one community that, that I can name that we have like really been get, getting like both inspiration and, and some good feedback from uh, people in that community but yeah community is, is a super interesting thing I think also when building a company if you can build a community aspect mm -hmm. on the side or as part of your business That can turn your, like, why should you use one product instead of another? If the one product comes with a community of, of people around it, that's a huge, uh, huge plus, right? That you will get mm -hmm. as an added value by being a user of that particular platform. Yeah, no, absolutely. And this might be a bit of a controversial question between product-led growth or customer-led growth. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, that's an interesting thing to talk about. The thing is, I don't see them as mutually exclusive. I actually see them mm -hmm. uh, needing to live in unison, right? You can like customer led growth or customer led just like development or whatever you want to call it, right? Whatever way you want to frame it. I think customer inputs and customer just relationship needs to be a core part of how you build your business. You need to be in contact with your customers, whether or not you are a sales-led uh, company or a product-led company, you will benefit from being in close contact with your customers anyways. So so I don't see them as mutually exclusive. I actually see the customer-led approach to how you build your company, how you build your communication, how you build your product is a core part that needs to be fit in there, no matter how you want to approach your distribution model, whether that's product-led or sales-led or, or something third, right? Yeah, no, for sure. I'll be a bit biased. So. <laughs> I will say it's all about the customer. <laughs> Thanks for the insights. And before I, I let you go, Chris, what's in your toolbox? Obviously, other than butter, what other mobile or web app do you just sleep without? Yeah, absolutely. In our team, we use, of course, Slack for our internal communication. I really like that as a tool. It has a lot of good use cases. Then we use Notion, which is a really great tool. And then we've started using a lot of, a lot of no code tools as well to help automate some of our processes. So we use, we've been using Intercom, but then we've been using Zapier and some other tools to patch things together so that we can, so that we can automate a lot of the workflows that happens in the background. So Zapier is also really a, a tool that we We are very fond of here. On a personal side of things, what do I like? I would have a tough time living without oh. Spotify. I, music music is a big part of, of my work day and just a big part of my life in general. So I, I almost always listen to music. So if you were to take away music from my phone, I would be very, very sad. <laughs> <laughs> in an online meeting, we were asking each other questions and actually one of them was, what app will you keep on your phone? So I guess for you will be Spotify. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I would have to choose Spotify, maybe even above messenger or something like that uh, it would likely have to be something like that it would be a tough choice yeah. <laughs> Chris it was lovely to hear from you and, and I wish you all the best in this journey the use case it, it's great that there are platforms like yours so thank you so much for your time thank you thank you Isabel for, for inviting me and, and letting me speak a bit about uh, our thoughts and, and butter in general really appreciate that yeah thank you thank you so much